right. Well, to another Lightning Ventures founder interview. Okay, we're a little late, a little overdue here, but we're going to have some fun talking about cross-border payments using the Lightning Network magically under the hood. Both sides don't even know, the sender and receiver. Nobody knows that Bitcoin's involved with this transaction. And that's a trend that we're seeing a bunch of. So I'm lucky to be hanging here again with Abe Agarwal, who is the CEO and founder of GitBit Money. Uh, and they are India's uh, first and best shot for a Bitcoin-only app, right? A Bitcoin-only exchange. This is a real interesting business. There's two sides to it. There's the remittances going into India, which is a whole business in itself. And we've put it together against TransferWise and against Google's FX rates and against all sorts of options. And Gitbit has been the most affordable and best FX rate we could find for anyone looking to send money to India. It works like magic. We have a demo video that we already did with Abe. We'll link to that below for anyone who wants to see the magic in person. And we have a bunch of questions here from our group, from the Lightning Ventures Syndicate. And just because I never do this, I'll do a quick little plug here. If you want to get started investing in Bitcoin startups, you can do that in Lightning Ventures. That's what we do. Just go to ltng.ventures and sign up. We'll send you a, a link to get rolling and you can network, support, and invest in the best Bitcoin startups out there. So let's do a quick little run through. Just real quick. This is Abe here. This is his LinkedIn. And as you'll see, he was with Amazon for quite a while. He was also with Citibank. The team that actually is behind GetBit actually led the UPI integration for Amazon in India. So there's a lot of smart people involved here. Okay. And we're going to go into their website a little bit more, but this is the American site. It's getbit.money. And for those in India, if there is anyone, it is getbit.in where you can download that app and play around with it. So now that I'm done with all of that, Abe, how are you today? I'm doing great, Maz. Thank you so much for having me here and really excited to talk to you and answer the questions from your group. Okay, very cool. So we did a quick pitch video where you walked through the deck and talked about GitBit. We did a demo video that showed both sides of this platform, right? Both mm -hmm. sending from the US from USD via a Plaid integration and the money landing in Indian rupees instantaneously powered by Bitcoin. It worked beautifully. And what we have here is a bunch of questions from our group. So I guess we can just dive right in. Is that cool? Yeah, that works. Let's do it. Okay. So first off, the main question that we have about GetBit is regarding India and the regulations, okay? Is there clear regul regulation in India right now? Is it still a gray area? Kind of what does the crypto, for lack of a better word, or Bitcoin uh, landscape look like? What's the culture like among, among Indian people? I mean, I know that, you know, they're used to saving in gold, so yeah, we just have some questions about the regulatory landscape of India and what you see. 
Yeah, great question, Mas, from your group. Um, uh, yes, there has been a little bit of view um, in the Indian uh, uh, government side on how do they regulate uh, crypto or virtual digital assets. So today in India, everything which is Bitcoin or crypto is commingled and they are all called as virtual digital assets. In 2019, the Central Bank of India, which is Reserve Bank of India, tried to ban uh, the use of any virtual digital currencies. But uh, this was taken to the Supreme Court of India and not many people uh, know about it, but the Supreme Court of India overruled the central bank and did say it is the fundamental right of each Indian to deal in any commodity or asset that they choose. Post that, there is been a greater regulatory effort to align this to what are allowed and not allowed. As we speak today, there is clear guidelines on how virtual digital assets are to be treated. There are some taxation which has been added, some regulatory framework which has been added. And it seems like we, we are directionally headed towards, at some point of time, a licensing regime for all players who are dealing in virtual digital assets. So today, Bitcoin and crypto are all commingled in one bucket. They are called as virtual digital assets. And there is clear uh, regulatory framework on how to deal with virtual digital assets. So then besides, besides Gitbit now, how are people in India currently buying Bitcoin for any orange pilled people that are over there currently? Are they using some of the big names out there? Are they using maybe like a Kraken or Coinbase or Binance? How are people buying Bitcoin and custodying it right now? Yeah, so more and more people that I speak to, they find it really hard to buy Bitcoin. And there is very there are very few exchanges which allow, if at all, to do any kind of self-custody. So many customers who are early adopters of our uh, platform have really commended us saying this is the only platform which is Bitcoin only and they have been waiting for it and they're super excited to work with us. While we are really in alpha stage with our India side of buy Bitcoin and move to self-custody, but we are very encouraged by the early feedback that we are getting from customers. For customers who want to buy Bitcoin in India today, they have to navigate generic crypto exchanges, go through the minefield of Shiba Inu, Ethereum, and the latest Dogecoin. And after they have gone through all of that minefield, they still have to maintain their stoic nature, put their money into Bitcoin, and hopefully a few of them allow self-custody, but that also at a steep price. So if any of those Bitcoiners go through any of those exchanges and pass through all of these minefields, they can still buy Bitcoin. Compare that to GetBit, where they come, they send the money by UPI, immediately buy Bitcoin, and they can move it to self-custody. So that's live, right? Which we covered before. That's um, live. Okay, so if you're in India, you can just download the Android GetBit app. You go through whatever the sign-up process is, which it, there's no KYC to sign up, right? Only once you want to make that withdrawal, you have to kind of verify your account. Is that right? Yes, just to buy Bitcoin, 
there is no uh, KYC needed. All you need to is verify your mobile number, download the app, verify your mobile number, and you're ready. You can send money by UPI as little as uh, $3, uh, minimum uh, $3 is what you can purchase. And uh, then you are ready to buy uh, your first Bitcoin. And whenever you want to move it to self-custody is when we'll need to take uh, your KYC. Okay. So let's move on here because we got a few. So this person in our group says, I used their remittance service to send money to India. However, can we please understand the business model of the company for remittances? How are you making money if you're not charging a fee or if you are charging a fee or taking a cut from the exchange rate? So I believe it's a 1% flat fee with no other hidden charges. And from what I found, it's the best FX rate available of any source that I found. So that's just in my words, Abe. What do you, what do you have to add there? Yeah. So what we've done, Maz, is try to make it very simple for customers because historically, when we've compared remittance services, there are multiple categories of fees. Someone might call it fixed fee, like a remitly might charge a three ninety nine fixed fee if you're sending less than a thousand. There might be wise, which might call it an ACH or a swift fee of one dollar ninety nine cents. These we believe are cognitive loads to customers, and what we want to make is very simple. You want to send $10, just select $10. Our platform will show you exact Indian rupees that the recipient will get. If you like that exchange rate, you go ahead and click the confirm button. If you don't like that exchange rate, you don't confirm that and choose whichever is the platform that, that you are comfortable with. So we want to remove all the cognitive load and that's why we make it fee free for the customers. We do make some money in the exchange rate that you get. But having said that, when we compare ourselves with any of the other providers, our exchange rates are more competitive. So whatever is the landed exchange rate that you are uh, getting as a customer, it is the most competitive in the uh, market, plus leaves some value for us as GetBit to build a profitable uh, business. Yeah, I just want to add something to that. We put a screenshot of it and I did my own research on sending just $1 because that's one thing that's very cool about what you've built here is you could send $1 to India. And I tried to send $1 from the US to an India account via my WISE and it actually took 74 of it in a fee. So my $1 was actually 20, 26 cents in Indian rupees by the time it was all done. And you've built something that is far better than that. Yeah, yeah. So any low value transfer is completely underserved. And we think with 50 million English speaking Twitter users and the growth that we are seeing in decentralized social media, be it with Noster or other forms of social media, which are decentralized, we think more and more people will be doing value to va value for value commerce and, and low value payment processing rails, we believe will empower all of these entrepreneurs to think about businesses, which now are free from the shackles of minimum payments or minimum fees. So we're super excited about it. We don't know what entrepreneurs will build on top of it, but we're super excited about enabling $1 transfers like Venmo from US to India. 
Okay, so moving right along here. Now, this next question says, does the sender or receiver, or I guess you as GitBit, have any kind of exposure to Bitcoin or Bitcoin price fluctuations? For example, if you if I lock in that $10 uh, remittance payment to go to India, am I subject to any sort of Bitcoin price fluctuation at that moment? And then are you or is Gitbit subject to anything that could happen there with uh, price fluctuations? Yeah. So neither the sender nor the recipient is subject to any Bitcoin price fluctuation. The sender, when they do the transaction, confirm how many dollars they are wanting to send from their bank account. We are only authorized to take that many dollars from their bank account. While they send, before they confirm the transaction, we commit the exact amount of Indian rupees that the recipient will get. And that is the exact amount of Indian rupees that the Indian recipient will get. Everything else is what GetBit makes it happen. There is a small critical that we run where what we've done is taken the dollars, converted in Bitcoin, send Bitcoin through Lightning over to the Indian entity and then converted it back to Indian rupees. We have contractual relationships both from dollar to Bitcoin and Bitcoin back to Indian rupees with liquidity providers. We manage uh, those risks with our liquidity providers. Could in a black swan event, we be exposed to some of it? Yes, that could potentially be true, but we think uh, we are the right people to take any of those risks versus uh, customers. So neither the sender nor the recipient takes any Bitcoin volatility risk. In a black swan event, we do take some kind of Bitcoin volatility risk during the moment when the dollars are converted to Bitcoin and Bitcoin is converted back to Indian rupees. All right. So I definitely want to get through all these questions and I have quite a few more here. Okay. So let's talk about a user acquisition strategy. Okay. And going to market. Now, I love the fact that this is a two-sided business. Uh, just the remittance play from the US uh, to India alone um, is a rather large business. And then the idea of being, for lack of better words, the swan Bitcoin of South Asia is also rather cool. Okay. So as far as going to market and getting users, I know that you have some grassroots stuff that's going on in India now, as far as places of worship and other things that you're doing from your Instagram and, and other social media. But can you talk about your go-to-market plan, both here in the US and in India, what's worked so far and what you're hoping to do soon? Yeah. So, Muz, at this stage of our growth, we've largely seen and focused on the value transfer business, which is acquiring Indian diaspora senders to getbit.money and helping them send value using GetBit to, to India. That's the primary focus that we've done. We have the alpha product in India for customers to buy Bitcoin and move it to self-custody, but we haven't actively gone out and marketed that product. For the value transfer product, which is acquiring senders in Indian diaspora, we think our first niche that we want to go out and capture is, is people working in the technology sector. I have myself been an ex-Amazonian, so I understand that ecosystem uh, a little better. So what, what we are trying to do in first phase of our growth is work with or attract tech workers across Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, 
those kind of large tech companies and the Indian diaspora within those tech companies. So the three methods that we've seen yield success to us is participation in local community events in in around tech hubs. So Seattle is, which is our base hub. We've done a couple of events. We've done a few of them in Atlanta. We're trying some of them in Jersey, which is which is another big Indian diaspora area. So that's our one thing that we've seen a high amount of success in. The second piece that we are seeing some early success on is kind of an ambassador program. So we are going about and, and putting ambassadors in each of these, these tech giants. These are well-wishers, early adopters who've used the product. And then we are trying to figure out a method by which they will be ambassadors and they will in turn talk and educate any customer who wants to use our platform. The third, which is the P0 version is out is a referral program. Indian community is a very close-knit community. We've seen early referrals already pouring in, and we've launched a referral program where each referee and a referrer gets gets dollars for referring on a successful transaction. So those are the three areas that we are using for our early customer traction. Okay, so we have a question here about kind of how this works under the hood i know you can't maybe get into all the juicy details but so uh, the question says how does gitbit convert the lightning to the local currency and then send it via upi to the bank account does this happen via an exchange and kind of maybe a little bit of insight into your tech stack um, what you've put together over there yeah yeah. So great question. Yes, there are liquidity providers that provide us Indian rupees in exchange of Bitcoin. We use those liquidity providers. There are multiple liquidity providers that we have. We pull those liquidity providers depending on the size of the transaction and then pass on the Bitcoins to via Lightning to their Lightning addresses and they in turn give us the Indian rupees. And once we get those Indian rupees, we call an API from our payment processor, which connects us to UPI and allows us to transfer this money to any bank in India. That's what we do to fulfill our final commitment to our recipient customers in India. Okay, very cool. Okay, so let's talk about the growth. We have a question here that says, any updates on user growth? over the last couple of weeks and user stickiness. How many users are regularly slash weekly using the app or returning to the app? Great question. This is a small base uh, and I want to be cognizant about, about sharing this information from, from a small base, but early numbers are very encouraging. We are in month three for our value transfer business month two over month one from a number of customers that we've served we've seen a 22 percent growth on revenues we've seen a 50 percent growth on month two over month one and from a repeat customer usage which means a customer who's come used our platform and come back and at least used it once in once again we've seen 40% plus customers have used the platform in a repeated manner. So we are super, super excited about this. 
we understand that these are early base effects and we will we will need to work really hard to sustain these numbers but we are super excited about the response that we are getting from customers and, and yeah our team is super excited and motivated to serve the next lot of customers so when you talk about those recurring customers since the business has two parts to it are those numbers being measured with with the India side, as far as coming on the buy side for the exchange, or is that mainly from the the remittance end? It's mainly from the value transfer business, most, which means a customer has come, used our platform once, liked it, and then used it once again. As you rightly mentioned, there will be at some point of time, these recipients might become customers of our Indian application and might be interested in buying Bitcoin. But it's really early at this point of time. So when I'm talking about repeat customer, I'm talking about a sender who comes to get bit.money, uses the platform, links his bank account, completes his KYC and sends once, likes the product, likes the exchange rate and then sends again. So this is disconnected with another separate unique customer, which might be coming on the India side of the platform and then loading money into the, into the India platform and then buying Bitcoin. So these are two separate parts of businesses of our business. They could in future be an overlap of customers. So example, if I was sending, let's say I have a 13 year old son, he's interested in music. He has a music teacher who teaches from India. If that music teacher is receiving money from it, then sooner or later that person might get orange pilled and might say, hey, I don't want to use all of this money into my Indian rupees and I want to save some of it as, as Bitcoin. And then they can potentially use the India side of the business and buy Bitcoin and move it to self-custody. Okay, that sounds great. It'd be nice to be able to dial that, dial that up and give people that choice when they start wanting to save in Bitcoin. Okay, so we have a question about your founding team here or about the team in general. How many people are on the team as of right now? But most importantly, the question is, where is the team based? Do you have boots on the ground in India or is everyone sort of here in the Pacific Northwest where you are? Where is everybody? Yeah, so we are 14 people all together in the team today. Two of us are in Pacific Northwest and 12 of us or 11 of us are back in India and one of our person uh, lives and operates out of London. So we are a truly global team. We have 1% in London, 11 people out of India and two people in Pacific Northwest. Of the 11 people in India, five of them operate out of Bangalore and two of them in other remote cities. And, and four of them operate out of Gurgaon, which is, which is the suburb outside the outskirts of the Indian capital of New Delhi. All right, cool. So I guess the final question, which it's not broken out in some of these numbers is Vietnam and why you went live in Vietnam first. That was the first big announcement. I know that when we first met, the goal was always India. And then all of a sudden you were live in Vietnam, participating yeah. through Strikes Send Globally Network. I think that you are, I think that's you, right? Yes. For, for, for Vietnam. Uh, but why Vietnam? Is that a big part of the revenue? 
what, what happened with that and, and where is that focus now in terms of Vietnam versus India? Yeah. So great question again. As part of our uh, go-to-market, uh, we have two parts of serving the sender. Um, so if you think about the value transfer business, sender is the main customer. Initial thesis we had is we would go and plug with uh, various uh, wallets who are already present in many of these geographies and uh, are serving senders and we would just expose our APIs and, and they will do all the heavy lifting of onboarding customers and engaging with them and ensuring that they can send money to these recipient markets. And with that thought process, we were thinking about how can we expand the number of countries that we serve and we saw that India and Vietnam were very similar in, in culturally and in, in how payment processing happens. And we had some relationship which could be leveraged to also launch Vietnam. And that's how we went about launching Vietnam. At that point in time, Indian uh, regulations were going through a couple of changes at that moment of time. And that's why we uh, held back and we're trying to understand the Indian regulation to a deeper level before we went live uh, in India. I think that'll do it for us here. If you want to learn more about Lightning Ventures and investing in startups, you can.